1: Oh my god, god, god. la let me explain. Plate, plate. Allocate, Hello, and welcome to a very special Monday episode of It's Not You, It's Them, But It Might Be You. And the reason today's episode is special is because we're going to hear listeners' dating stories. don't know if you remember on my Instagram a little while ago, I put a call out if anyone had interesting, wild, fascinating dating stories that we could discuss on this podcast. And oh my God, you came through. And most especially, this story really came through for us. I read this one, I was like, okay, we have to get this one on, on the podcast to make sure that none of my listeners are ever faced with this again. To help you identify the red flags all the way along. But before you find out, I want to introduce you to Vicky. Vicky is a lovely listener and a long-time follower of mine. Actually, we connected a long time ago, innit? it? Yeah, we you were one of yeah. my first Insta followers, I think, yeah, back in the okay, day. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for sticking around. So when the story came through and it was from somebody whose Instagram I recognised, I was like, amazing. Let's get her on. (laughs) So Vicky, before I start the story, tell us a bit about you. Who are you?
0: Well, I'm Vicky, as you've said, I'm 35, single, no kids, loving life, you know.
1: What do you do? Do you, do you want to tell us what you do?
0: <laughs> I am a teaching assistant, but I'm also training to be a counsellor, which is kind of part of the story. Um, So I'm in my final year of training for that. And yeah, oh, amazing. From what it. I
1: know of you, you will absolutely fucking smash that role. Oh, that's really kind. Thank you. Um. All right. So let's get in to your dating story so vicky wrote in and she said i started using plenty of fish a few years ago and this guy is one of the first people i spoke to on there but i've changed his name for the sake of the story so let's call him samuel You've ruined the name Samuel now, Vicky. I
0: know, I was thinking that as um, I was writing it, but I had to have a name for it. You could have chosen more Sorry, obscure sounds... name,
1: one that's going like, to pop up less often. Anyway, <laughs> we started talking on plenty of fish, sending huge paragraphs to each other. And at first I was thrilled. Finally, a man who can hold interesting conversations, whose replies are more than small talk or questions about my tits. It was going really well. After some time, though, I realised he was only really talking about himself and not really asking me anything about myself. Oh, so fucking common, that, isn't it? And I think that is definitely a red flag. I think that is probably 100%. your first red flag in this story, right? Exactly.
0: Exactly. I have to say, though, like, I do know that a lot of this is really bad.
1: Oh, and but, this, but this was, when When was this exactly?
0: So I think this was actually around 10 years ago, to be honest. So I have learned a lot from yourself and from experience. So. Listen, we've
1: all done, I do stupid things now. It's not like a ten, like oh, ten years ago, and now everything like I do is perfect. Like you know, you don't need to be embarrassed for overlooking red flags. But I definitely think that whole totally being talking about themselves and showing absolutely no interest in finding out about you is just a very clear red flag. Anyway, goes on to say, so I did have a bit of a pop at him, but it was fine. He got really embarrassed and made a real effort. You know what? Go you 10 years ago, because actually, mm-hmm. have, say, mentioning it, raising it, a lot of us don't raise it. A lot of us just like, no. don't, don't say anything at all. So well done. And actually it got the outcome that you wanted. He made a real effort. It
0: did. He it, it did change after that. Well
1: done. Things improved. And he invited me to his place saying he wanted to cook for me. I wouldn't do this anymore, but this was the early 2000s and no one had listened to true crime podcasts and it sounded like a lovely (laughs) offer and he said he'd make us a really nice curry. Not the thing that I want to eat on a first date because undoubtedly I'll at least need to fart, most likely shit, <laughs> yeah. at some point. And I just... Not the, yeah, I didn't think of that. No, you've got a plan ahead. <laughs> um, Anyway, so she says, I was a bit standoffish, I think, just because he was so forward. It made me a little mm. uncomfortable. The date ended and the next day he messaged me saying that there was no spark. Oh...
0: I know. I hate the whole spark thing, though. I struggle with it a lot, but it's what he felt at the time. How did you feel? I think I was a bit gutted because he was the first person that, like, had been on a date with and things, and I know I was a bit shy, but... To be rejected, like, so quickly, straight after, was a bit
1: gutting. It's fucking gutting, in it? But it does happen all the time, to the best of us. And actually, just because there is no spark, we do not... We mustn't take that personally. Sometimes there's, like, the most gorgeous, amazing people, but that thing that you need to be there just isn't there. But It doesn't make them any mm. less amazing. They're just not...
0: No, exactly. Not the one for
1: you. So, a few months pass, and Vicky says, I'm at my friend's house watching films, and I randomly get a Facebook message from Samuel. I was a bit surprised, but I think, well, he was nice enough. There's no harm in chatting. I can only assume that Samuel has realised that I've been training as a counsellor because he started telling me about all his woes. He had apparently lost two friends to suicide in the space of a week and he wasn't coping very well. That's incredibly sad. He'd been to see the doctor and was apparently waiting on therapy. He also told me that as a result of his bad anxiety, he's lost control of his bladder.
0: I'd not heard of this before, but maybe it's something that it's genuine but who knows I'll let you carry on <laughs> I
1: guess because you're you are in that field and you're coming from that perspective of a counsellor who's going to have compassion and who's going to think about yeah. things like that y- y- you know that's a really kind it's just way of natural thing yeah and it's a kind way of thinking of it like well I've not heard that bladder control is linked to to PTSD but I'm willing to accept mm. that and not and and not like make fun of you or yeah. whatever like I, exactly. I really rate that As Samuel starts to tell me that he is now having to wear full-on nappies at the age of 31, I do begin to question if he's being insincere. This guy is telling me he's wearing full-on pull-ups because he can't control his bladder. I mean, there are incontinence pads that men can get, much like tenor lady, but no, this guy has to wear full nappies for some reason. Oh, my God. What was going through your head at this moment?
0: I couldn't tell whether he was taking the piss or not at this point. uh,
1: Retaining the piss (laughs) in his trousers. (laughs) I know,
0: (laughs) I know. But like, I could, I think I just couldn't um, comprehend that somebody would lie about this. So I kind of just carried on the conversation and I did feel sorry for him because as he said, he'd lost a couple of friends. So I just kind of let it go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you can't. Re- it's difficult, isn't it? If somebody's like revealed that kind of trauma to you, then that totally is going to impact on it. Sort of everything they say after, and the way that you receive that and exactly. deal with it.
0: So you feel you feel like you're being mean if you like start laughing about it, or you reject them for mm. it. So they've kind of put that on you,
1: mm.
0: which is a bit unfair.
1: We'll we'll come back to that because actually, I think it becomes a sort of crucial part of the story. So so Vicky says. She's she's sitting with her friend, honestly couldn't work out if he was winding me up. Kept thinking, if this is true, this poor guy. So I keep talking to him. As we chat, I'm relaying it all to my friend who's in stitches. I didn't even know this guy that well and it felt so surreal. We carry on talking for a few days and I really start feeling for this guy, having lost his friends. She says, in hindsight, I wonder if this was true now. But we will come Mm -hmm. back to that. He's talking to me constantly about how embarrassing it is to wear these nappies and how he's ashamed that he has to do it. He said he even wore them to Glastonbury and told me in yeah. detail about how he pissed himself a few times throughout. Then he started talking about how he had to carry his own nappy bag around with yeah. pseudocreme and everything. Oh.
0: I know. At
1: this point, why are I still talking no, to No, but him? why? Why? That is the question.
0: I know. I just I think because I was so young and naive at the time most people when I've told this story before have been like what were you thinking and now I have no idea but at the time I thought I was being a good person you were I wanted to be seen to be a nice person you were
1: and I definitely think there was something in that thing of like this person is being really fucking vulnerable with me and at this point if I just suddenly stop talking to them if this is all true you have a medical condition that requires you to wear nappies and and carry a fucking nappy bag to Glastonbury, then you, you, you know, me that just suddenly stopped talking to you, it might have a detrimental impact on you. Well, exactly.
0: And that's what I was worried yeah. about. Like, I didn't want to be the reason that something happened. So I carried
1: on because you clearly needed the support, or so mm. I thought. So, yeah, you're I right. I fucking get it. I really get it. You don't want to, like, be hurtful and horrible and mean. Exactly. So anyway, Vicky says, for some reason, I still carried on talking to him after all of this. And he invited me over to watch some films. I just felt so bad for him. He seemed lonely. So I thought, what's the harm? Oh, that's a, you know what? Like the, the, the famous last words, it? It
0: literally is. So yeah, carry on.
1: <laughs> Sick of being upsold at gyms? Every week they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. I rock up to Samuel's flat. He still lives there in the same place as before, so I knew where it was walk up the stairs, knock on the door and Samuel opens the door in just a dressing gown. Bit weird, but I figured he's at home and he's having a rough time so whatever, crack on, mate. I go inside and sit down and we decide what film we're going to watch. Which one did you watch?
0: Uh, I think it was Inglorious Bastards. So it, it was a bit of a random film as well, but anyway. At least it wasn't like yeah. Three Men
1: and a Little Baby or something, you know what I mean? It was... <sighs> Disney movies that would have been oh, quite funny giving you a bit more but of a yeah. clue about what was to come so yeah it gets about 10 minutes into the film and Samuel says he's feeling a little bit warm he stands up and takes his dressing gown off to reveal a grown-up pair of teddy bear pajamas <laughs> Vicky what was your face I'm doing crazy. at this time my eyes were popping out of my head like I couldn't
0: believe what was happening like Like, it it was like he'd had them made because they were like they had like um blue cuff and collar and all this stuff like beige with like teddies dotted all over them so they were like
1: children's pajamas oh my god I can't know and
0: at this point I knew I'd made a mistake yeah
1: and you must have had that full-on ick feeling and like I don't know how absolutely can you control the ick when it's on your face because I genuinely can't
0: I think there was shock on my face I was like what the fuck Mate,
1: god, this is we all need some kind of like emergency button that we can just press to eject ourselves out of- Exactly. Anyway, so then you're still sitting there. You're like, what the fuck? But you're in this fucking man's house. Yeah. And then he starts cuddling up to you and nuzzling into you like a baby would. And she says, this is the point where I decided enough (laughs) is enough. It dawns on me, finally, that this guy absolutely has a baby fetish and he's trying to push it on me and you know what it's interesting what you say because you're saying you've got you would actually because you're a good fucking open person with compassion yeah. and you would have absolutely no problem with people having fetishes
0: no exactly I'm not here to kink shame if that's your thing then fair play but it's not for me but, but he also
1: just forced it on you and I think that's the exactly. problem like
0: no I know exactly like if you've got something that you're into like communicate that like like an adult not like a baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, talk about it like if that's something you're interested in exploring then fair enough and give that person an opportunity to say that they're not into yeah. it but he didn't give me that opportunity and I didn't see it. Maybe other people looking back would be like, why did you not see it? But it just
1: wasn't obvious to me. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. And also seeing things on paper, kind of knowing that something's about to get bad. And this is why, it's so, you know, because there will be people listening to this like, nah, I would have left the moment he spoke about the nappies. Nah, I would have left at this point. But actually when you're in it, it's so different. The because the exactly. context is different the vibe is different the way you feel about that person yeah. and as you say your empathy levels your need to not yeah. make him feel embarrassed and shit about himself was so strong I couldn't do that
0: to him because I thought I question whether it was real now but I thought he was going through the mill if he'd lost his friends like that if all this was happening he just needed mm. somebody to like talk to and hang out with and stuff and then bam baby fetish <laughs>
1: I don't think his friends. He lost his friends. I mean, I, I, that's a big thing to yeah. say, and and we don't know him, and you know, we don't. But love I them. feel like creating a kind of tragedy. To explain it sets the scene. Because I think this is all part of it. It, it, it. He wants to be able to manipulate women. Otherwise he would just find women who share that fetish. He, or he, well, exactly. he would, you know, be open about that. But actually I do feel like set up this scene where, because it's it's, it's worked. He's instantly put you in that situation where you're like, fuck, this guy is going through a lot. He's he's grieving. He's, he's lost two of his friends. He really needs my support. It fucking worked.
0: I know it's awful I mean there are people out there who would be into that like I'm sure I've seen a tv show where they've spoken about it and whatever but it's just not for me and it was a bit unfair of him to do that to me to kind of manipulate me to try and see if I would be into it
1: did he apologize did he send a text or anything the next day no nothing Nothing.
0: I think he'd be embarrassed Mm. Um, because I suppose that's vulnerability in the highest form like
1: by sharing what what turns you on or whatever but no, didn't didn't hear anything yeah, interesting, yeah, he should have but I think this just ties in with the character that he is somebody who is willing to fucking be such a red flag that you're forcing your kinks onto people without their consent we can't really expect that kind of person to offer a fucking apology the next day but anyway, the story continues I didn't speak to him for (laughs) ages I deleted him from my Facebook and went about my business. I'd been downloading and deleting Tinder, plenty of fish, intermittently in the interim because we, do, we know yeah. how it gets. Yes, we fucking yeah. do. So when you were doing your intermittent Tinder downloading, and whatnot, Samuel ends up popping up on your Tinder and you swiped right, <laughs> and it
0: immediately—it was—it was more for the hilarity <laughs> of it. <laughs>
1: Just because you wanted to see what the fuck he was going to say, was it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like, most people listening now will be like, why on earth would you do that? Just because I wanted the laugh, I think. Because I wanted to see whether he would have the guts to swipe and whether he would have the guts to say anything. So,
1: yeah. So so you mash and then you actually ended up chatting again for a little bit and it seemed to be going okay. I think we need to talk about this. We chat for a little bit and he seems to be going okay. So I give him the benefit of the doubt. And we start (sighs) chatting on WhatsApp again. Why, Vicky? Because I was stupid. What were the redeeming (laughs) features, though? He
0: he didn't apologise. We were just having a normal conversation. To start with, the conversation, I was like, ha, 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 ha. That was literally the first thing I said. (laughs) And he was like, I knew that would happen. And then we just... I was seeing how he was and things and he was asking me how I was and I thought okay that's it we've moved on because apart from all of this we did get on and like our conversation was good but I don't think I was expecting it to actually go anywhere but do you really
1: okay so I think this can happen isn't it when you're like really fancy someone they're really great in so many ways and then they do something which is like, oh, uh, yeah, it can feel a bit yeah, almost but- like let's give this another go. Because if we could just get rid of that, you wanting to be a fucking baby without my consent, then everything would be great. <laughs> you know, I
0: know. But this was a pretty big thing. Were you quite and I was, like,
1: low at the time and really like,
0: I I think I was. I think I was. Mm. Because we all go through those phases where like any attention we feel is good attention yeah. and that's not a good place to be in. Yeah. I feel that if we're feeling like that, the apps are not the place to be.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think if we're yeah, yeah if so. we're feeling like that, just dating is not a good thing to no, really do. Uh, yeah, exactly. As this shows you, which is that, you know, he'd put you off so much. It was so against what you wanted to be involved in. But yet you still felt like, well, I might as well give this another try. I guess there's a sense of I like, know. I don't know, low self esteem that maybe you wouldn't yeah, be able to find I anyone would say else. At that point, or yeah. You're fucking gorgeous. Because Vicky. it can be hard.
0: Like dating is hard. And it's like even back then and even now, it's still hard. But I will tell you and your listeners, I would never get myself into this situation again. We live
1: <laughs> and we learn. Anyway, so you were chatting a bit. On WhatsApp, and it was kind of going well again until one morning when the first message he sends me is how upset he is that he's wet the bed. Yeah. So, what? Literally a text like, morning, I'm really sad. I've just wet the bed.
0: Yep. That's literally all he said.
1: So, I didn't respond to that and I just deleted him. <laughs> he's just a fucking twat, isn't he? An absolute disgusting he's disgusting because he knows how you felt about that and maybe there's some ambiguity because of the fact that you were willing to speak to him again but he knew that you weren't up for it the first time he revealed his teddy bear pajamas and whatever exactly so for him to now be like i've wet the bed and i'm really upset he wanted comfort from you and care you know he wanted you to respond in a motherly way but that's just not me that's not my sort of thing and surely like my
0: silence around the subject was like a boundary but then I've learned that you have to be clear if you do this I'm gonna do this sort of thing with boundaries but
1: I hadn't done that so maybe that's why it happened yeah and I think sometimes that it's very difficult, isn't it, to set boundaries in in that kind of circumstance because it's very easy for me to say say to somebody I am really not into that kink I am really upset that you've tried to force that kink onto to me my boundaries are if we're going to continue speaking I don't want any involvement in that side of your fetish yeah. life but actually saying that me to you is is much easier than saying it yeah,
0: definitely. in that
1: dynamic you know with, with, with somebody who you're a bit interested in or also a bit freaked out by you know he's getting off on it you know he's probably got a hard oh, yeah. dick in exactly. his hand mummy I've wet the know, bed that, and I mean it. It's
0: not for me. Not for then it just becomes
1: gross because you're fucking like violating someone else in the pursuit of your fetish. So was that the end? Was that block, delete, move on? Oh yeah, completely. I've not spoken, seen, heard anything from him since. Wow, I, I don't even know what to say because I, I feel like there there are so many big red flags, but the subtle red flags were him solely being interested in himself and not you at the Mm -hmm. beginning him see this is what I was going to say it's an interesting one so I was going to say it was a red flag with that information about his friends but how would we ever know if you know when that when that is first said to you listen I've just lost two friends I'm in a really bad place it's difficult because that one isn't a red flag like in itself but then we later realize how it actually was that a red it was. flag yeah and i suppose so those those ones are the ones where we have to sort of tot them up and then if something else have you know another red flag or an incident or whatever happens then we can recognize that as a red flag
0: exactly and
1: make sure that we run wow so have you got any tips for people in avoiding adult babies maybe not go
0: round to somebody's house Early on,
1: yeah, I always think that these things are so kind of nuanced, but really, in heterosexual dating, as a woman, especially, but really for everyone, I do think going to people's houses for a first or second date, even, is a bit risky. Never your fault if something happens as a result of that, ever, but it can be a bit risky. So No more men in in tenor men or pampers. No, thank you. Not for me. And how is dating going now? You said you were single at the beginning. Are you single and ready to mingle? Are you still on the apps or where you at
0: now? Uh, No, I've taken a bit of a step back now from taking your advice where I'm kind of focusing on myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really believe that when love is supposed to come, it just does. And it will.
0: Precisely. So I'm not going to force it. If it's meant to be, it will be. And if not, then that's also fine because I love the life that I've got at the moment. I love my own company and I love spending time with my friends and things. And that's
1: the most important thing to me, really. I love that. It's been so lovely speaking to you. Thank you. I know. You.
0: I've really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you for sharing this amazing story with us and being our first guest on dating dilemmas or whatever we're going to call this little sec Not dating. It's not dilemma, is it? It's very fucking clear. Dating stories. <laughs> but thank you. You're amazing.
0: Oh, it's been a pleasure. La la la. Let me
1: explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production.